This Christmas, Arlesa R. Douglas and her family will share their talents and their hearts with you. An inspirational read for the holidays. Amelia is in danger of losing her home and all hope for Christmas. Does Santa really exist? Can prayer change things? Find the answers to these questions and more in this must-read Christmas story for the holidays. Amelia looked for additional work washing people's clothing or cleaning their homes, but there were never enough hours in the day to earn enough money to provide for her four small children and maintain the household. The night before she had to leave her home, she tucked her children into their beds. Amelia was distraught and heartbroken over the thought of being homeless. She never wanted her children to see her cry. So she quickly placed her hands over her face, ran to her bedroom and locked the door. Find out by purchasing the book, Christmas Morning, written by Arlesa R. Douglas, co-written by her brothers, Patrick M. Douglas and Brylin Douglas. Available right now on Amazon.com. Rhea Isaac, Egypt and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. This book will take you on the journey from creation through the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Answering questions, why do we die boiled eggs? Or what is the significance of an Easter bunny? And much more. The presence of the Lord surrounded Amelia and her family. The Holy Spirit filled their household with love, joy, and peace. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ grew from a young babe in the manger into a young boy. He worked alongside his earthly father Joseph as a carpenter and worshiped our Heavenly Father with all of his heart. Years went by and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ performed many miracles, and preached to many, many people. And this full-length color book, written by Michelle Carter Douglas, her sons, Patrick M. Douglas, Brylin Douglas, and her daughter, Arlesa Douglas, was also illustrated by her children, Patrick, Brylin, and Arlesa. What a beautiful book to bring in all holidays. This book is written by a family for the family. Get your copy today on Amazon.com. Rhea Isaac, Egypt and Noah presents The Resurrection Story. Secret Place by Karen Clark shared 
that is a song that I love to hear throughout the year, not just only uh, Christmas or when the the holidays approach. Um, it's just a comforting song. And also uh, we get to hear in the lyrics how trials and tribulations, they come and our adversaries uh, feel as though sometimes uh, they are relentless, constant pursuing us. And we can find refuge uh, in that secret place, which is in the arms of our Lord. Uh, Sister Pat, uh, welcome all to Behind Closed Doors Ministries Bible study. We usually have it on Tuesday. Just a lot um, getting things together. So we uh, decided to have it this evening, Wednesday, December the 28th, 2022. Uh, how the time flies. Amen. This year is almost amen. Amen. Um, yes, Sister Pat, if you would bless us with prayer. Just want to give you all the thanks for your grace, for mercy, and protection from all harm and danger that you have brought us through. Lord, just each and every day, not just this day, but each and every day that we walk this earth, dear Lord. You and your angels have walked beside us, before us, carrying us through each moment of our lives with protection from all harm and danger and illnesses. And we thank you, we thank you. Thank you. We give you all the honor and praise that you so richly deserve because you are the one and only true God, the creator of all. Lord, as we come before you, we just ask that we remember to live within your will, not ours, but your will, because your will is perfect. You know all things, dear Lord, and only your will shall be done. Lord, just give us the strength and the courage to stay within your will. Let us open up our hearts that we will receive all the love and all that you have for us, that we can show it to others. Let us open our hearts for love, forgiveness, compassion, understanding to all. Let us have the strength to hold up our heads and just shout hallelujah, praise your name, wherever we may be. Because your name, your name is wonderful, dear Lord. Just let us keep our faith in you always. No matter what, let us always know that you are good. We are never, ever alone. Until our journey is ended on this earth, we walk with you, dear Lord. So that whatever we do leave, we can come and join you and all your creation and angels and all those that gone before us in the perfect heavenly place of heaven that you have prepared for us. Love you, we praise you, we give you all the honor and glory forevermore. Hallelujah, praise your mighty holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Sister Pat. Thank you so much. I said I went in my secret place and got on my knees in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is a great God. Amen. We are going, someone called in. Let's see. I think this is Brother Desmond. One second, everybody. I'm going to conference him in. And uh, to all those listening, we just, okay. So, okay. Amen. So we just <coughs> tried to conference him in, but the the line is busy. That's okay. Amen. So as we, uh, and I think this lyric is in the song, as we proceed, <laughs> yes, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Sister Nicole or Sister Pat, anybody listening, would uh, anybody like to get a give a recap from our last Bible study? I know we said the daily bread. Mm-hmm. That was the one from uh, last. Uh, was that last Tuesday? Uh, did we have one last? I think it was the Tuesday before that. Uh, we had, and then I know we've been reading from Genesis. And Exodus pastor, mm-hmm. and I know in Exodus it'll keep talking about Moses and uh, his journey to the Promised Land of Jerusalem, and then bringing the Jews uh, through the wilderness after they were attacked by the Egyptians and got part of the Red Sea, and they became bewildered and frustrated about food and water, and still after all of those uh, great uh, miracles that the Lord was able to give them, um, their faith still wavered. But then Moses, with his uh, physical tiredness, had Aaron and Joshua to help him uh, fight the Amalekites, and um, they were able to continue their journey uh, through the wilderness as well as listening to God be able to provide the uh, Jews with food and water um, by having certain um, food brought to them and by following God's commands and then also by having water that first was not uh, drinkable, um, that the Lord made drinkable. Now, I'm looking at uh, some of what I highlighted. Were we on Exodus uh, 16 chapter? Um, 18. We were on 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, from, okay, you're right. Um, this is Okay, so the 17th, again, I have about um, how Moses, Joshua, uh, Aaron, his brother were all able to um, fight the Amalekites. But then also, I have about Exodus um, 18 we reviewed because that's when Moses went uh, out and his he was reunited with his father-in-law Jethro, uh, Sephora, um, Sephora, which was his wife's uh, father and his son. 
as uh, Jethro was telling him again how we learned that you can't do always everything by yourself. And he was so amazed at what a wonderful leader Moses was, but also to let him know that to be a good leader, you have to always be able to help people by letting people help you and not be an all and end all because you're going to physically and mentally uh, just become completely um, exhausted and you're not going to be able to be the good leader that you need to be. So he gave them excellent advice uh, before they separated again. Um, and then um, I believe our homework was to read the 19th chapter of Exodus. Mm -hmm. um, and that was about um, Moses being at the uh, Mount Sinai, which was uh, a very uh, sacred uh, uh, area. And um, on that uh, area, Moses said in Exodus, the 19th chapter, the 23rd verse, that put the limits around the mountain and set it apart as holy. So this, again, mountain was supposed to be set apart as a sacred mountain um, destined there for uh, God's uh, promised people, which were the Hebrew Jews. And then we um, still were talking about in the book of Genesis, how um, Sister Patricia um, read very well a couple um, uh, weeks ago about the uh, Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel and how they were trying to build a ladder to get to heaven. And um, the people on earth were trying to actually overpower the Lord or even try and share his power, which is crazy about trying to share our creator's power and his knowledge. But because this happened, the Lord, of course, um, removed the tower from being built and um, he scattered the people there out. And that's how the people became different in different nations, different languages, um, and everything like that. And then we also learned about Abraham and mm -hmm. how he, um, again, was um, God's chosen um, uh, person uh, to follow him. And he told him, uh, and Terah, even his father, before his father died, to go to um, the land, land of Canaan. Mm -hmm. uh, but Tara uh, was not able to go there. Uh, he uh, passed away in uh, Haran prior to them going to the land of Caton. But in Genesis, the um, 12th chapter, um, Abraham, his wife Sarai, his um, nephew Lot and Lot's family, uh, they were all able to go. And um, then um, we did learn, I believe it was in Genesis 13, mm -hmm. how Lot, unfortunately, um, they separated again. Uh, Lot, his uh, nephew of Abraham, and um, they took Lot's belongings in the lands he was at. And then Abraham came down, um, young kids would say with his posse or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he came down, he like, I'll take care of this uh, nephew. And he took care of it. And uh, he had, uh, uh, I believe, like about uh, almost 200 uh, men with him. And uh, when he came down there and he got everything that his nephew Lot was supposed to have had taken from him, 
the king at the time said, you know, this is all you're going to take. You could take many more riches with you. And Abraham said, no, uh, I'm not going to take anything more than what my nephew uh, had taken from him. And um, mm -hmm. the Lord blessed me with the strength, with this ability to be a good leader. And I don't need to take anything thing more than that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, he, you know, again, left. Uh, after he made sure that Lot was okay and had what he was taken away um, restored. So I believe, again, uh, one of our, uh, what do you call it, uh, assignments was um, to read Genesis 15, which is uh, about the Lord's covenant with Abram. Mm -hmm. So, again, uh, we know Abram, Abraham, Sarai, Sarah are the same people, uh, but again, Abraham always wanted to have a son of his own, and not that he didn't have one with Hagar, but he wanted one with Sarah. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is God letting him know that not only is he promising him to be a great leader in the land of Canaan, but he's also going to let him know that uh, his own ancestor is going to be um, his, his people that you know is going to be he's going to be the God of Abraham and his and his son mm -hmm. is also going to be a follower of him and so uh, he's planning already that in Abraham's uh, mind that he doesn't have to worry about um, praying for another son other than Ishmael because God is already going to bestow that on him in due time mm-hmm God is good. God is good. That was an extensive, uh, extensive recap. Praise God for that, Sister Nicole. Praise God. Praise God. Now, with that being said, um, I, I just want to say I'm truthfully grateful for everybody on this line. Um, on our break, I'm going to try to get a hold of uh, Brother Desmond again. Amen. So what we are going to do, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will have the reading uh, for today, uh, Daily Bread. Amen. Amen. We will be right back with studying in the word. only a few minutes until they could exit to Koenigsegg Parkway. The roads and traffic take a turn for the worse. Readers and friends, the angel of death was near. Sterile and John prayed silently to Almighty God. Are they spared? Everyone hopes for a perfect love story. Some people dream of taking an adventure. In a small town named Poughkeepsie, New York, a couple and six young adults will meet and change one another's lives forever. Take this journey in the adventures of Gurgle Boy, written by author Patrick M. Douglas. This book is available on Amazon.com. 
Amen. Welcome back to studying in the word. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, on our break, we were listening to Kirk Franklin's Behold the Lamb. <clears throat> and it brought back so many fond memories and um, just a beautiful, beautiful, empathetic uh, song and also a song just declaring the love that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God Almighty has for us and we for him. So we are definitely beholding the Lamb this evening. Praise God. Uh, who would like to share today's um, daily bread? Oh, I'll read it. Praise God, Sister Pat. Amen. This is Wednesday, December the 28th, 2022. Yes, ma'am. Took it from 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, 12 to the 16th verses. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves with integrity and godly sincerity. In 1524, Martin Luther observes, among themselves, the merchants have a common rule, which is their chief maxim. I care nothing about my neighbor, so long as I have my profits and satisfy my greed. More than 200 years later, John Woolman from Mount Holy, New Jersey, led to to Jesus influence his table shop village. Out of support for the freeing of slaves, he refused to purchase any cotton or dye supplies from companies that used forced labor. With a clear conscience, he loved his neighbor and lived accordingly to integrity and sincerity in all his dealings. The Apostle Paul strives to live out integrity and godly sincerity. First, Second Corinthians. First uh, chapter 12 verse. When some in Corinth tried to undermine his authority as apostle for Jesus, he defended his conduct among them. He wrote that his words and actions could withstand the closest scrutiny, found in verse 13. He also showed that he was dependent on God's power and grace for effectiveness, not his own. In short, Paul's faith in Christ fermented all his dealings. As we live as ambassadors for Jesus, may we be careful to let the good news ring out in all our dealings, family, business, and more. When by God's power and grace we reveal his love to others, we honor him and love our neighbors well. This was written by Marvin Williams. How are your words and actions a representation of your faith in Jesus? As a believer in him, why are integrity and sincerity vital in your dealings with others? Dear God, help me to serve others with such a clear conscience that my love for them is evident. Ooh, amen. Yeah. They say for further study, read Outrageous Compassion. And it gives the uh, uh, site where you can find that on. Okay. Amen. Praise God. You know what we're going to do today? Um, we're going to go to that. Uh, I brought it up. Outrageous compassion. And um, I will definitely read that. Um, first, who would like to answer? How are your words and actions a representation of your faith in Jesus? 
Secondly, as a believer in him, why are integrity and sincerity vital in your dealings with others? Well, I think because, you know, even people go sometimes and they you maybe say what you've read in the Bible, you go to church and say, you know, and quote different scriptures from the Bible and so forth. But then people do look to see how you act. Because if your acts are not kind and compassionate and, you know, godly, people could see that. You could say one thing, but your action and maybe even your other words may say another thing. And people look at that because you're saying one thing that I believe in God. I, I, I'm very, you know, I forgive people. I'm kind. I'm this and that. I do this and that. But then, you know, maybe somebody brush up against you in the store. What are you doing over here? Get on out the way. You know, mm-hmm. or I have this or that. And they see that. They see that. You, and, you know, whatever you say you're going to do and how you're going to do it and how you're going to live, you have to be honest and truthful about that. Because I think that's how you draw people in closer to the Lord. Because they look and see you in your life. And if mm-hmm. you're doing one thing and saying another thing, and that's that's with anything. If you're doing one thing but you're seeing another thing, you know, and you're doing something else, who's going to believe you with anything? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you tell somebody, you can come to me, you need a ride to work or something, you just come and ask me for a ride. You need something to eat, you come and ask me for something to eat. Then, uh, you know, they come to say, you know, I'm really sick today. I need a ride to work. And you just sit in relaxing. Well, I'm tired. I ain't got time right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or I need something to eat. Maybe you don't have that much, but you don't. You know what? Well, you should have. You know you need food to eat. Why do you get some whenever you went to the grocery store? That's right, why Desmond. That's hung out. And you know, you say one thing, but you're doing another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is so so true. That is so so true, uh, Sister Nicole. Uh, I disagree with everything Sister Patricia Carter said because with this like daily bread and this, in real life, a lot of people they say that oh yes, you know in church, you know love thy neighbor and hug one another, and then you, the minute you leave out church, you have, sometimes you ask somebody for a quarter, and they're like, well, why are you bothering me? We're mm-hmm. outside of church. Like, leave me alone, you know? And I mean, the thing is, your words only mean so much if they have sincerity and integrity. And I remember mom used to say, well, Sister Patricia and grandma, say what you say and mean what you say. And, you know, you don't say something to somebody without meaning. If you say good morning, something simple like that, you're supposed to say that with the intention that you're wishing someone a yeah. good morning, or even another one is God bless you. Yes. But again, as Christians, sometimes we just go through the most bless you a good morning, and then when they leave, oh Lord, God bless you, Lord, she gonna need a blessing. Look, look, look how she uh, walking in those shoes, knowing dang well, so so, so can't be wearing those shoes anymore. You know, well, oh yeah, she gonna need a she's gonna need a blessing because oh lord did y'all smell you know how bad you know 
kids fell, that will be a blessing. We need to bathe them. You know, I mean, like, you can't mm-hmm, talk about people mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And a good example, y'all, is I was at uh, a court today, Pastor, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, in an area where it wasn't any, a lot of black people were some, but, you know, uh, it, it was, you know, uh, in the city where nobody really is black at first. Mm-hmm. But long story makes sure a couple people were sitting next to me. They were talking about their case. Um, the girl just came to me. Um, again, she was a skinny, you know, um, um, white uh, lady. You know, she didn't look well taken care of, just be honest. You know, mm-hmm. hair kind of matted, you know, um, dirty, dusty jeans and a T-shirt. But she gave me the biggest smile, you know. Oh, praise Even God. though poor little thing had visible dirt on her face. And she said, you know, hello. And I said, hi back. And the way I said hi back to her, her face just glowed. And I just said everything that happened today. You know, what I dealt with today, Pastor, I had it taken care of so well in court. Uh, When I left court, I was smiling. I was feeling good about the situation, Mm -hmm. about how I was treated at court. So, again, because I had sincerity and integrity in my heart when I told this complete stranger hello and hi, she saw me as I'm not judging her for how she looks. That's you right. know, and I thought she wasn't saying hi to me. She was saying hi to the light inside of me. So sometimes people gotta watch, especially the people um with the blog and today pastor that you know you have on um, your uh, social media uh, 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 with my um, pastors behind closed doors ministry. Mm-hmm. If you are a person of God, okay, and you're a follower of Christ, that, then have that ability to again, mean what you say. Don't tell somebody God bless you and then talk about them behind their back or judge them. Right. You know? And I've never said I've been perfect, Pastor, okay? Mm-hmm. Even, you know, one time I'll never forget, I was dressed a certain way, and somebody outside of church saw me, and they're like, ooh, is that Sister Nicole? Ooh, Sister Nicole, you got a strapless uh, jumpsuit on. Yes, I do, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sister mm-hmm. Nicole used to have it going on. They used to call me Coco Bottle, okay? I used to have a good shape back in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. That's all right, <laughs> Sister Nicole. That's okay. That's okay. All right now. Okay. You know, that was umpteen, you know, uh, um, buses ago and stuff like that. But anyway, but my point is this. They didn't realize, though, even though I was dressed that way, the same Nicole that was praising God that Sunday was the same one you saw on that jump. Mm You know? And that's the thing. You cannot look at somebody a certain way and have that judgment. Because they will not feel that what you have to say is sincere. And once you lose that integrity, you lose trust, Pastor. And once you lose trust, nobody's going to follow you. These are why mm-hmm. a lot of these churches are dying now. Because you see the pastor saying one thing and doing something else. Mm-hmm. You are so right. You are so right. You are so right. And, you know, the one thing I do want to say, too, is when the Lord tells us to let our light shine, that means everywhere. 
So yeah. praise God that you were able to do that, you know, in a situation as far as you're going there to a stressful situation, but that didn't stop your light. That that did not uh, that did not stop your light. You know, praise God. Um, we are going to take a break again. Um, Desmond hung up, <laughs> and oh, well. you know I know, and you know the thing of it is. <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes, well, you know what? Let me see one second. Uh, I'm gonna try to get him on without without going to a break. Let me see if I can get him on here. Amen. And that's what I love about we go behind closed doors. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Okay. Okay. We got Brother Desmond on the line. And Brother Desmond, did you want to answer this question? How are your words and actions as a representation of your faith in Jesus? And secondly, as a believer in him, why are integrity and sincerity vital in your dealings with others? Sure. How are your words and actions a representation of your faith in Jesus? Okay, amen. And as a believer in him, why are integrity and sincerity vital in your dealings with others?
other people's homes. Amen. And uh, before I answer the question, um, well, you know what? Let's go. Well, let me answer the question. How are your words and actions a representation of your faith in Jesus? Our words are just that words. You can say many words. You can say, I love my enemies. You can say, I forgive people who have wronged me. You can say, I'm happy. But if our actions speak differently, that's what people look at. Jesus spoke words and he was a representation of that of those words because remember in the beginning was the word and the word was God okay God brought the world into existence with words God spoke life by words and he represented it by in everything that he created. So if we say that we believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, not only are we going to say this, we're going to exude this. Okay? Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 1. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. You see, you have some people that go into ministry, go into teaching, go into law enforcement, go into certain professions to scatter the flock. Some go into the professions uh, to get money. Some people go into professions to stumble. And this is the thing with some therapists, you know, some counseling agencies. You know, I thank God that I, I am in therapy and it is excellent. The person has empathy, and listen, help networks, empathy. Some people don't have that. But as Jeremiah 23, 1 says, woe to the shepherds. You could be, it doesn't just mean a pastor, a minister, a bishop, uh, a deacon, a deaconess. It does not just mean this. There's many shepherds. And if you stumble anybody, you are held accountable. That's Jeremiah 23, verse 1. Now let's look at James, the book of James, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. 
This is James 3, verses 1 and 2. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Some people say, Minister Michelle, why are you so transparent? Because I have to be. I tell people when I lie. I tell people when I'm angry. I tell people when I cuss. I don't put on fake facades because I know when I get before God's face, he already knows. I don't have to plead my case because he already know it. When I fornicated, I did an open confession. I talked about it. I had to put it on the table. I had to be open because I am a teacher and a minister of the word. I can't stumble people because God will hold me accountable, not just for my sins, but for stumbling that person. Going back to the latter part of the question, as a believer in him, why are integrity and sincerity vital in your dealings with others? Because when you say you are a minister, go into the ministry, that you are a believer in God, they're watching you. And we don't know the trials and tribulations that they have behind closed doors. We don't know that, but God does. There's people out there that uh, probably was a, a pastor or something. They got lonely. They fell short, and, 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 and they're looking at me. They're like, oh, she seems like she has everything put together. Don't she get lonely? Don't she get weak? And then I keep singing a word, playing like I'm holier than thou, and behind closed doors, they're struggling. No, 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 no. You know what? I get lonely. I got lonely, I fell, but you know what? God put, put, picked me back up. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. You got some people saying that they're ministering the word or they're a preacher or whatever, and they're talking about people in the pulpit, I mean, people in the congregation. Oh, you know what? You're fornicating. You're doing this wrong. You're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. And then they got pornographic material on their cell phones. And then they're at the strip club on Saturdays. Then they, 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 they stumble on one of their sheep at the strip club. They say, Pastor so-and-so, what are you doing in here? Well, I'm doing research. I'm trying to see all these heathens in here. That, that's what I'm doing. 
I'm doing research and I'm just a part of all this mess going on. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to shake the dust from my feet. Making it brave too at the same time. Yeah. Uh-uh. 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 Remember, when Jesus looked to the thief on the cross, he said, tomorrow we will be in paradise. The thief was on the cross for his punishment because he owned up to being a thief. He didn't lie to Jesus and say, you know what, Jesus? I don't know why they got me up in here saying I stole something. I ain't steal nothing. No, he owned up. He owned up to his wrong. Integrity, integrity is much more than looking at someone as flawless. But it's a person that's being honest about their flaws. Excuse me, uh, Pastor. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, Sister Pat. You made me think of something. Because you just made me think of something like, okay, nobody, mm-hmm. we're not perfect. It's just that it worked. I don't know. There's been a couple times it worked when I was working, especially in the early days. I, I walked wasn't as close. And maybe somebody or something got on my nerves at work. And there's certain words that came out my mouth. I was mm-hmm. angry. I let loose on them. I let loose on somebody. Nailed their miss. Ah. You talk like that. I said, thank God my last little brother. They said, you don't look like that. I said, you know what? I never said I was perfect. Mm-mm. And I'm not for, I never said I was perfect. Mm-mm. They thought that, you know, you know, I tried to I try to do the best I could, you know. Mm-hmm. I try to, live, you know, be a nice person, a decent person, set some moral standards. But I let loose. I said, I'm sorry, they didn't got on my nerve. And y'all, look, I'm human just like you. I'm human. Amen. And I'm not. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said you saw this side of me. Yes, sometimes I do get upset. I'm just being honest. I get upset. And it wasn't the right way to. Amen. And you know what? That's a testimony because you know what? You could have said, oh, no, you you heard me wrong. I was I was stuttering. You owned up no. to what you were saying. What, no, that <laughs> okay. You know, and amen. I, I mean, I, I lost and I just said, you know, I mean, they're looking at me because they're thinking I used to go, I don't do things or whatever, but I just had lost. Amen. I lost it. Amen. Amen. But I did notice this. I when she made me really angry that other co-worker came and got me. It was Brenda and she took me in a room and told me to calm down though. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke came and they told me you just calm down. Calm down. Praise God. Praise and, and you know what? Just let me go too long. They they just say calm down. It's all just calm down. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just sit there for a while. 
<laughs> Did you calm down? But I, but I was going to say something to Sister and uh, Brother Justin and, and uh, everyone else listening that Sister Patricia, when you said that, just like the pastor said, integrity is not about perfection, but it's about knowing your flaws and, and showing people that you're not flawless, but we all, we all strive to be closer to God, but we fall short. So even at that moment, like you said, when your wife wasn't as close with God, when that happened, and Brenda had to bring you in a room, you knew at that moment what came out your mouth was wrong. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, I said the same thing because I know plenty of times, you know, and I'm not saying, Pastor, I'm, uh, again, perfect with what my mouth now, you know, uh, before little words still coming out of my mouth, yeah. mm -hmm. do they come out? As You're human. As 10, 15 years ago, though. But even at that time, the minute they came out, it, um, I knew it was wrong. And, and you know, it's nobody but the Holy Spirit that brought you. Every finishing point has a beginning. In our lives, every hardship we face brought about a new beginning, a new horizon, a new triumph. Beginning of a new is just one short story written by author Brylon Douglas in his book, My Purpose Ordained by God, collection of adventure and short stories from an autistically gifted child. From the adventures of Jerry Young, who disguises himself to hide from the world, to Mama, Please Don't Go, another heartfelt short story about a young girl named Mindy who fears losing her mother. Take this inspirational journey through this book written by Brylon Douglas and available right now on Amazon.com. If you could repeat that, uh, uh, what you just said about the Holy Spirit, if you could repeat I that.
uh, crucified. You know, I, I did this. You know, and, and that's what it is. You know, that's why you're such a good pastor because you're transparent. Glory and you're to God. And glory to God. When I was looking, y'all, the other day, on all these mega churches, like, and um, there were billions of dollars. But I don't want to judge people, Pastor, but I can honestly say a lot of these churches, they're being steered by somebody that curses and blesses God at the same time. Mm -hmm. You take private jets, you take their fancy homes, you take all that money out their bank account. And when I tell you somebody can turn on God at a drop of a dime, it's a hypocritical, I, I, false idol, false worshiper. And you know what? And that's so true because you know what? I, and, and the one thing, I love God because he's about accountability. He's about the cause and the effect. Because I've had people that would provoke me. They would say things. And then when I cursed them out, told them off, but you're supposed to be a minister, but you're supposed to be a preacher. I still am. And see, God talks about the person that gives in to wrath. And he also talks about the person who provokes that person to go to wrath. You understand? And 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 what God has allowed me to, to understand is God keeps me in every aspect of the way. And even though people provoke me, I don't give in to wrath. I don't put my hands on nobody. You know, I don't plot against nobody. I say, you know, some very nasty things, you know, and I thank God because he has tapered my tongue severely, you know, and I thank God for that. But the one thing, and I understand why the Lord named this ministry behind closed doors. He took me a people pleaser that, and I still worry to some extent of what people say, but not like it used to be, to where I write everything down. I'm very, and Sister Evelyn McWilson says that she's very transparent. And I didn't understand. I just be saying stuff, you know? And, and, and that is the beauty about, about God and what God does. And I want to go over this definition as well, sincerity. The quality of being free from pretense, deceit, or hypocrisy. Now, what is pretense? Pretense is an attempt to make something that is not the case of pear truth. Now, you ever see somebody, they get caught in their lies and to to make an argument that their lie is the truth, they come up, they either become hostile, they play the victim, or they, they come up with another lie or they just do all of the above. And, and we can't, do that. God commands us to be 
transparent. We are to be transparent. My journey about weight loss. Some people say, well, how can you be a, a, a pastor, a minister, and you are obese? Well, I love the Lord, and we all have sins. And this is something that I'm working on by the way of the Holy Spirit. And God does. He, he whatever we go to God in prayer, he works on I don't eat chips like I used to. I don't sit up and eat cookies and pies. Oh my goodness. He works on he works on uh everything. I'm only down eleven pounds, but that's a beauty. And then to the mobility. Praise God. That's the glory to God. I don't drink pop like I used to. You know, and and the one thing God is repeatedly telling me through other people, such as my family and just in, in, in general, is exercise, walking, 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 walking. And that's something I got to do. And not just at work, but in, in around the block. So I said, and then my mother mentioned about riding a bike. That's something I need to do. You know, so, and the reason why I'm saying this, in part of being transparent, we also have to embrace constructive criticism because God chastens who he loves. Remember that God chastens those he loves. And I'm going to get that scripture. This is uh, Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12. Uh, 6 through 11. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Now, listen to that scripture. If you do not want to hear constructive criticism, if you do not want to hear God's divine instruction, you are not of God. He's telling you right there. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and lies? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Verse 11. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful nevertheless. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness 
to those who have been trained by it. Now, see, I'm going to use an example. When I was younger, my grandmother, my mother, my aunts, my uncles, Michelle, you can't do that. Michelle, <clears throat> no, excuse me. <clears throat> Michelle, you, you got to stop that line. Michelle, who 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 ate out of this uh, uh, sweet potato pie? I don't know, Grandma. It wasn't me. She said, Michelle, this is your handprint over here. Who else has that size hand? I don't know, Grandma. Well, guess what? You're not getting no pie. Okay? I don't know if you guys on the phone remember when I snuck over this boy's house when I was younger. Yes. And and uh, Uncle Brad caught me and uh, come to find out, Grandma found out. My grandmother found out because she talked to the lady on the phone or something. So, anyways, as I huh? Yes, yeah, she talked to the lady, and so my Uncle Brad had caught me walking. I, I live on the north side of Struthers, and I was walking over in the direction of the the uh, going up uh past the what is that the um the post office in the direction of the library and my uncle bro said michelle where are you going i said i don't know <laughs> he said get in this car so at that time, in my mind, I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to say I was on my way to the library. I was on my way to the library. That's my, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So I get to uh, back at my grandma's house. And grandma said, where was you on your way to, Michelle? I said, I was going to the library. She said, don't lie to me. I said, I was, grandma. She said, don't lie to me. And she said, I talked to the lady on the phone, and she said, you was on your way to meet her grandson. I said, oh, my gosh, how is this? So my thing is, my, my sister, my cousins, my uncle, they, they got to go to West Branch, the beach. And I had to stay home. And I couldn't watch no TV. I had to sit on the couch. The only time I got up was to go to the bathroom. And my thing is, I thank God for that chastening, for that constructive criticism. I thank God for that discipline. Because all of those lectures that I heard when I was a kid, when I was a teenager in my youth, it made me who I am today. Praise God. You know, praise God, because, you know, the one thing is some people, you know, could have been like, oh, you were on your way to the library. OK, oh, look at that. You know, who who ate this pump, uh, sweet potato pie? Oh, it was it was an elephant with with white polka dots. It was. Well, which way did he go? Some people would feed that. But that's not discipline, that's not chastening, that's not love. We want love, we want transparency, we want growth, 
We want to be diligent ambassadors of Christ. Amen. 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 Praise God. We are going to take a break and come right back with studying in the word. And we will actually read um, the outrageous compassion. And after that, uh, I'm going to give everybody a break where they can actually go over um, Exodus chapter 19 and Genesis chapter 14, where we will pick those up next week, if that's okay with everybody. Because I think this is really... Uh, this study, we're just going with the flow of the Holy Spirit, and we're getting a lot of information here. Is everybody okay with that? Uh-huh. Okay, praise God. So we will be right back with studying in the Word. On the path to success, we find many adversities. What and to whom can be the stumbling block? Are we being spiritually punished for some things? Or is there something or someone trying to hinder us from receiving Almighty God's blessings? Thinking outside the plantations is based on the evidence-based perspective. Evidence shows who and what is oppressing people today. The plantations of depression, suicide, domestic violence, and addictions will not define us. We have the power to become free. This book will guide you through breaking the chains, thus enabling you to step off those mental and philosophical plantations that impede your social growth. This book is written by abuse survivors and designed for your individual and group studies. Books are available on amazon.com, both the instructor's manual and the individual book. Hallelujah, we listened to some wonderful songs on the break. Amen by the impressions. Hark the Angel uh, Sing by Nat King Cole. Go Tell It on the Mountain by Mahalia Jackson. God is good. Amen. 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 Brother Desmond uh, hung up again. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, um, we are now looking at the... um, the recommended reading by our daily bread ministries and it is outrageous compassion written by tim gustafson amen we are gathered in chicago for a dinner to announce the launch of a study bible designed specifically for africa I arrived early and took a seat at a table near the back. A man with a naturally available confidence approached and introduced himself. He used only his first name. The man and his wife made for delightful dinner companions. 
I was struck by his capacity for stories. I especially loved hearing of his life as a child in a rural West African village. I had spent my own childhood in a nation not far from his. Only when he got up to speak, did I realize he was to give the evening's keynote address. I have never forgotten his humility. Neither did I forget his opening story. He began with a suddenly wry self-introduction. He let us know that he has more than a dozen wives. Pausing for effect, he looked around the room, the silence blanketing the atmosphere. What would he say next? Was it a mistake to invite him to speak? He does indeed have multiple wives, but it's not a case of lust or of deeply ingrained misogyny. There is no adultery taking place. These women are aging war widows from civil war that destroyed his country a couple of decades ago. He was studying abroad at the time of the carnage, and even today he resides on the opposite side of Africa. More than 3,000 miles from his childhood village, but he has a deep interest in his homeland, and he doesn't pay mere lip service to caring for the war's many victims. His small, impoverished country has no safety net to care for the multiple war widows or and orphans. The older widows among them are no longer deemed marriageable. What work can they do? What family do they have? Who cares for them? No one. No one at all. No one except this man and a few others like him. He is now a man of means, and he has married a number of widows from his village. Though only in the most technical sense, they carry his name and his protection. He never sees them, but he does indeed care for them. It's how they stay alive. Like it or not, this is how life in the village works. The well-heeled and well-meaning Midwestern woman seated to my right finally gave quiet voice to her shock. Can't the government do something? She asked me, eyes wide in disbelief. No, they can only do so much. There is much work to do and so little resources to do, resources to do it with. It will take at least a generation to rebuild an infrastructure sturdy enough to support the needy. This is an emergency siren, just one of countless many in the world. Calling the church to action, and this man is answering in the best way he knows how. He is doing what he can. If I share that speaker's name, many Christians in Africa would recognize him. He is a prominent Christian. Some would find his behavior scandalous. I call it noble. 
Would I do the same thing? No, for several reasons. Not the least of which it is that my wealthy country has laws against it. But my country has mechanisms to care for its war widows. The reasons that constrain me do not constrain this man. He is displaying an outrageous and creative compassion. This is love manifesting itself in a culturally idiocentric way. This is love indeed. Tim Gustafson. Amen. That was a very unique, powerful story. And the title speaks for itself, Outrageous Compassion. This story can be found on discoveryseries.org backslash courses backslash outrageous hyphen compassion backslash. Thoughts about that reading, anyone? Woo. <laughs> Very profound. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. I, I, I'm so proud of myself. I was able to come to it and I was reading along with you. Amen. And like I said, he's doing what he can help in the best way possible that he sees that he can do. And I see nothing wrong in it. Mm-hmm. No. Now, again, it, it kind of also reflects on what we have in the daily bread of today about integrity and sincerity. Yeah. His integrity and sincerity was to take care of these women and um, the widows. And, you know, and, you know, how you said in our society, polygamy um, is not considered to be acceptable or legal, but, um, Again, I would also say what he is doing is this is his way in Africa doing, you know, his Christian way. Right. Of helping people. And they're taking care of Pastor. And that's the best thing that we can do to um, be followers of Christ mm-hmm. is to take care of one another. So, um, yeah, I just think that is a, a beautiful way, again, of showing his sincerity and integrity um, in the work of God of taking care of those who couldn't take care of themselves by whatever circumstances they have to, uh, you know, go through and unfortunately be challenged with to make that unfortunately a reality. Um, He was there for them when they needed him. Mm -hmm. This is... Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. And... um, third world countries and stuff. I know it's not perfect here in other different countries, but I mean, we do have programs and stuff. Some of these other places, if you're an orphan, if you're a widow, if you're mm-hmm. old, you're just done. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you have no family, there's nobody there. There's no program. There's no government. No. Um, nobody, you know, you're just gone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, shelters or anything. No, sister. And I remember that when Pastor McCrary was alive about going to the Bahamas and other people that went to Jamaica and even Patrice and Jake said and the Caribbean, St. Yeah. Lucia. You know, th- these people, um, Barbados, when, where Rihanna came from. She's a billionaire now, Pastor, but where she came from. 
these islands, uh, uh, predominantly black um, Africans, they have no backup. You know, they have no no security, no pension. Yeah. Um, these people either work until they die, or some of them are blessed to have some of their families be their caretakers. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, how um, this reading says, they have no safety net, and how you and Sister uh, Patricia said, you know, um, that that's again um, their their society, and even in the United States. We know that there's a difference between the northern and the southern states, and the southern states have that right to work, where in those states, Georgia, Alabama, everybody's like, well, I'm going to go down south. Well, I would say go down there with folks retiring like me. If you go down there beforehand, there's unfortunately a good chance that you might, again, have to work until like you're in your 80s or 90s because... They don't have a union like we have up here. They don't have the same social security and pensions that we have up here. So, um, again, you know, there's always um, plus and minuses or pros and cons about living a certain place. But one thing I have to say about the state of Ohio uh, is a very strong union state still. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not going about the Civil War, but, you know, just saying it's, it's it's a union. A lot of uh, people still have a union, and you know, uh, with Sister Patricia, um, I say still, but even when she was working, so active and so strong, um, a member of her union, a leader, union leader. That's what they fought for: mm-hmm. is that you're working and you don't have to worry about working and working and not having anything to fall back on. Yeah. Because the reality is, even with a man, we're living in society, Pastor, where a dollar bill is worth, it's worth nothing. I went mm-hmm. to, to make copies at the um, um, library today, and even though people say, oh, just 10 cents a copy, I got done making literally like 10 copies, and that was my dollar done, done right there. I said, mm-hmm. well, I'm $1.50. And uh, I said, why is this thing stopping? And, you know, the black and white librarian, they start smiling. They said, well, I guess you're out of the money. And I said, well, I just stood over here. In less than a minute, it, it's just, it's like, eh? and when it was done, it turned black again. Like, I'm sorry, you're done. That and that's how, that's how reality is nowadays, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, these kids got to understand the ones that, uh, like, well, Dang, you know, what are we going to do in, in the future? You know, the future is here right now. You've got to prepare for the future. If you're in your 20s, you got to prepare in your 40s. If you're That's in your right. 40s, you got to prepare in your 60s, 60s, 80s, and 80s, 100s, because we are living longer and longer. And not only that, but we're living longer, healthier lives. So no longer the 80-year-old at home, the 80-year-old out and about. So yeah. with that said, you know, you you gotta put things things in place, and it's just beautiful that he has that. And I just hope again with with our culture and everything, Pastor, that some of us, meaning blacks and other um, minorities, we don't get into that mentality of pushing somebody aside because they're older. Because with um, you know, age comes wisdom, and I see all too often. 
you know, people make a little bit of money, and then the first thing they say is, oh, we got to put you in a nursing home. Well, why? Mm-hmm. Oh, because you're getting a little bit, you know, uh, forgetful or a little bit hard to take care of. Yeah. But, but wait a second, but I took care of you all of my life. You know, that's the song that Shirley Caesar had about the two sons. You know, the one son had all this money, was a doctor, and him and his uh, wife was like, we got to put you out, mama. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we ain't got no room for you anymore. Plus, my my uh, wife is embarrassed. You don't talk right mm. enough. You're teaching our kids bad English. But he wouldn't have been a doctor if her, his mother wasn't working her butt off for the years that he was in school. Right. Where he was. But then his one, her one son came along right when she was about to get put out. And he said, Mom, I ain't got a house, but I got a mouth. I got a fancy car like my brother, but I got this, you know, uh, older car. But whatever I have is yours. Mm-hmm. And you ain't got to go to no home. You know, so I, I hope people realize, you know, you really got to, again, talk about the sincerity factor. When you say to honor your mother and father on these days upon this earth, I'm not saying that everybody in a nursing home that they don't care about their parents but what i'm saying is if you do it as a convenience unfortunately you might be there before your before your parents that's right you know that's right and and you know in in a lot of cases which i feel is disgusting you have people living off their parents income uh, you know, to. you know, and I'm talking about, um, they, they, uh, they supplement their income yes, or so yes. they don't have an income. Some of them yes. don't even have an income and they're taking yes. mommy or daddy's social security and pension. Yeah. And Pastor, I hate to interrupt you. No, no. So good. But I said, I just remember when I worked for this other place out in Gerard, and it was a home health place. And again, um, one of the issues that I have and people that told on me and told false things again about me were people that I found out that they were doing that very same thing, living off their family members that I just know, and I ain't gonna say any names, but they probably know if they're out there. Mm-hmm. It's on the Cleet Avenue. And they were a group of Caucasian people um, there was an older lady there. She was sweet. She had diabetes, so very sick on uh, on oxygen. Um, and it was seven people in the house. Six of them were under the age of thirty, and they lived off of this woman's check. That's horrible. And the problem was what? And her EBT card too, Pastor. And the problem was they just laid in the house. And when I asked questions, because I had to, because for one, they were smoking, she was having trouble with oxygen, and then she had um, cellulitis, and I told them that she needed to go to the hospital, and the daughter uh, got mad and called the agency up, and uh, they told me that I wasn't allowed to uh, force her to go to the hospital if she didn't want to go. And I said, well, you know what? And I hated to say this, y'all. I said... If she don't go to the hospital with this cellulite, she might not make it. And sure enough, she died that week. But this, and that's not on my conscience, but, you know, the people that I work for and that daughter, but I never forget what that daughter told me. She said, if she stays in the hospital too much or too long, 
and they won't send her check. Mm -hmm. So I call Aries on Asian on them too. And it's just that, you know, sometimes that stuff happens fast and sometimes it happens slow. But the problem that I had was all of them living up in that. And when I mean a house pastor, it was one of those duplexes that was falling apart. So it wasn't like it was, you know, a nice place. But the problem was they didn't have nothing in there but beer. Because I would go in their refrigerator. I still did. They're talking about well, none of the other providers went in our refrigerator or bathroom. I said, I don't care what the other providers do. If my patient is here and I'm supposed to be taking care of them, you best believe I'm going to go in your refrigerator and I'm going to go in your bathroom. You know why? Because if those two areas aren't well supplied or clean, that's going to have a detrimental effect on my patient. Mm -hmm. Okay? If they're, you know, an invalid and they can't get out of bed and you don't have a clean bathroom to either empty out their waste or take care of them or bathe them, that's an issue. And of course, in the bathroom, you ain't feeding them or if you ain't got their insulin in the refrigerator, which this couple didn't. They always kept it at room temperature. So that was another issue I had, you know, and, and that's what happened. And the only reason why they said something about me, um, doing false accusations on them and didn't want me to come back there anymore is because the gig was up and they lost their free ticket. That's what it mm -hmm. was. And that was her mother for them. She was just nothing but a free ticket. That's a, and I felt so bad for her. That's a shame. Yeah. She's with she the Lord. She was afraid of her own house. She stayed right in her bedroom. I said, don't you go anywhere else. And she's like, oh no, they give me what I needed here. I got my little tray. They bring me my beverages and stuff. I said, well, why can't you go other places? Even though you have oxygen, your cord is long enough, you know, you're tubing. And she said, oh, I just don't want to disturb them and what they watch. Just rough butt people laying their big, long butts uh, on the floor watching TV. She in there in a small little cramped room with no air conditioner, no window. And I had a problem with it. And I just I know that's mind. right. And that burns me up. Who Jesus? That's abuse. She's okay. She's and it's disgusting. Oh yeah, she is. And they gotta I'm give it a count when it yes, ma'am. I feel like and then get back to this man with this. And you know it's sad because there are these countries at least over here, and not everybody we know nothing's perfect. There's no EBT card. There's no human services. There is no Medicaid for someone. You know what I mean? There is nothing there for them. If no. they, you know, if they don't have it or something, there's just nothing. It's just like, uh, well, you're, you're useless. You're garbage. Whether you're a young child, if somebody doesn't take any pity, take you in. If you're old, infirm, sick, it's just there is nothing in their government in place. It's terrible, yeah. And I just wanted to say this. Last thing, y'all, is elder abuse is just as bad as child abuse. Yes. It is. And abuse physically. Yes. Mentally, like this lady was, that's why I call the proper authorities. Because if you are sitting there letting that occur, you're part of the problem. And when I mean like you, of course, you both being um, healthcare professionals, you wouldn't do that. But I have been yelled at doctors. I, well, I can't quite believe it or not. I've been yelled at other nurses, other people, because I do not turn the other cheek when I see any of that happen. Because you have that—that's 
I told him that's wrong. Whenever you see somebody abused and financial abuse is abuse. That's right. That's abuse. That is that is abuse. And then you know you got parents that live off of kids' uh, welfare SSI checks. They walking around with jewelry and all these kids looking like little ragamuffins. Oh yeah, I was gonna say there was this one lady, and I we said she said she was going home with her family, which is the one I think I told you about requesting it. But you know they had everything set up. There's really nothing you could do about it. We said was like this go in the back here. Mm. He was there, yeah, huh? She talked, I think uh, her name was, first name was Renee, mm -hmm. but she, her mind and stuff was about her. She was happy about going home, but she only stayed a few months because I guess she, I don't know, she must have told somebody, whoever, home help or whatever, she was back in there. We said we weren't surprised that she was back in there. If you were around the family, you knew they were not going to take care of her. Oh, it, Jesus. They wanted her home for the check. And she, when she got there, she must, she must have said and did something and talked to the right people because she came back. She was in a wheelchair. She, you know, with, but her mind was with her. Her mind was with her. She wasn't all that old, maybe in her 60s. But she, we said she'll be back. She'll be back. But she ain't going to put up with that. Oh, no. Because they were not taking care of her. We knew they weren't. I mean, if you would have met them, not to be, I'm not trying to be like, you know, stuff, but you could tell. The way they act and the way you come in, and and there's a lot to take care of somebody. You know, yeah. like she could do things, be but still there was things you can't. You know, there's medication again. They don't think about that. You got to send them to the bathroom. You got to send them with bathing this and that. They, you know, you just could tell they they didn't think about that and they weren't going to do that. And they uh -huh. mm -hmm. So true. Then there's the doctor's appointments where you, you know when you take them, there's appointments you got to take them to them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The doctors are coming to the facility like they still there unless there's something, there's a doctor there that they have to go out. They arrange that. There's transportation. They need an aid or somebody yeah. to go with it. There's somebody to go. You know, when you take them home, you're responsible yeah. for all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's all true. they wanted was to check. That's it. That's horrible. Dialysis, you know, essential stuff that they needed. Mm -hmm. It would be horrifying, you know. And then I would see the opposite, y'all, like a classic. I saw this young little girl. She couldn't be any older than 17. Now, her name was Aaliyah because um, she was named after uh, the singer Aaliyah. She loved so much. And she lived with her grandmother in those apartments. And her grandmother was always clean well taken care of, as she said, and she was blind. Her grandmother was blind, by the way. She was uh, wheelchair bound. And I said, who got you up in the chair? And she said, I'll be honest with you. She's like, these home health aides are worth nothing. Uh, but she's like, I gotta be. And Aaliyah takes care of me. And when I met mm. this girl, it was like talking y'all to a 30-year-old. Praise so God. Smart, so, so intelligent. And, um, you know, she even said about her own father, who was her grandmother's um, uh, son, you know, she's like, you know, dad, all you do is chase uh, skirt tails. But she's like, you know, but I, I wanted to be here for my grandmother. So, 
you know, her grandmother's like, why don't you go out here, go out there? She's like, no. She's like, I just go to school and I come and I take care of you, grandma. Praise God. And, and that, and you know, that just warmed my heart, y'all. So I did as much as I could to uh, help them out as far as like, you know, finances. And I called on um, Love Up Love. And this is the last story I have passed. Mm. Here, Christian, but I don't know if it's good or bad, but like I said, I've seen a lot, y'all. So Aaliyah calls me and she's like, it's not really there for you to come, but you got to come and see this. And I said, oh, Lord, I said, is her grandmother sick? Because, you know, we had kept her out of the hospital. This was not a big story, but she had, like, type 2 diabetes, and she had kidney failure and heart failure. But I kept her out of the hospital, right? So I'm like, oh, my God, you know, what's wrong with her? Mm -hmm. I go, and I see Leah's dad, and I see the young age. And when I'm telling you, they just hopping and bopping. And he thought he could do this because his mother was blind. I said, if you don't get off that man's lap, and both of y'all get you, I will kick both of y'all down right now. Mm. I got on that phone. I called love. I love. I said, you have an age that you need to fire right now. I said, she was over this woman's house. She was straddled on her son, and they ain't doing nothing over here to help her. The mm, being 17 he should get some charges Friday. So he was good at that. But uh uh-uh. uh. 
I said, you know what? I can kick off y'all's insulin or I can get other ways, but uh-uh. It don't but what kind of insulin was he giving the aid? A different kind of insulin, huh? Yeah. Well, that job is a penetration. <laughs> well, we gonna, you know what? We gonna keep this going. Sister Pat, if you could if you can uh, bless us with prayer, we're going to close it, but we're going to stay on the line. Amen. Praise God. Sister Patty, you can bless us out with prayer. Who? Uh, Sister Pat. Oh, me? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm still mad about that. Yeah. Let's say the Lord's Prayer. Praise Our God. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done upon this earth and this heaven. And yes, give us Lord. this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forevermore. Praise your name forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We will see you all next week, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Thank you for tuning in to Studying in the Word.